Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Hello and welcome to Start Your Week from the Bunker. I'm Jacob Jarvis and joining me today is Ros Taylor. Good morning, Ros. Hello, Jarvis. Ros, the, the COVID inquiry drama is rolling on this week. Is cash-strapped dad Boris Johnson about to find himself lose out on a load more taxpayer money? Well, he might well do because the Cabinet Office has threatened to withdraw his legal funding unless he starts cooperating with them, by which it means stops offering to hand over his own WhatsApp messages about the COVID pandemic. Now, it's worth noting that Johnson hasn't actually offered to hand over all of them because a lot of them are on a phone which is not currently, he says, able to access the ones going up to spring 2021, which does cover quite a lot of the most crucial stages of the pandemic. <laughs> but nonetheless, it is a threat. It would mean about a quarter of a million pound loss to Johnson. But to be honest, amount of money he's making at the moment with speeches abroad, that is not any longer big bucks to Boris Johnson. So basically, he'll just have to do one big talk to some horrible right-wing people in America, and then he can get away with doing whatever he wants and balance out, it would appear. That's the way the world works, apparently, now, yeah. <laughs> so looking at the, the current Prime Minister as well when it comes to the COVID inquiry, eat out to help out has been described as stupid, and how that means you'd then describe the person who invented eat out to help out, I'll, I'll leave that up to your imagination. Is Sunak perhaps deservedly about to get dropped right into the centre of the COVID inquiry scandal now? Well, he's probably not about to get dropped into it because let's bear in mind that the COVID inquiry doesn't finish reporting till 2026. And that may even be an optimistic deadline. So this is something that is going to be rolling on for quite some time and almost certainly after he ceases to be prime minister. But Eat Out to Help Out is now a focus because it's obviously Sunak's initiative. It had his branding, his name all over it when it came out in the summer of 2020 after the first lockdown eased. And while it's unlikely to have made a big difference to the trajectory of the pandemic, we know that because we can see the way that the pandemic evolved in different countries in the same way. The question is really, did it cause more deaths because it brought people together? And was it a serious waste of money? Which is quite likely. This was a very expensive scheme and ultimately its aim was to keep pubs and restaurants in business. And it may not have done that as well as he hoped it would. So yes, Sunak is on a bit of a sticky wicket here because we know that he's a lockdown sceptic and um, he always has been. And of course, 
that is not a view shared by most people in the UK. But he, there's also a suggestion that he may have been plotting against Johnson in his WhatsApps, and he may not want that to come out. Although I don't really think that that would do him too much harm, given what we know about Boris Johnson. I don't think anyone who was seen to be plotting against a, the kind of prime minister that Johnson was will come in for the opprobrium that you might otherwise expect. Well, it, it looks to me like politically Sunak just can't outmaneuver or even just run away from Boris Johnson. How is this going to run this week? Is it going to be just another spat between them that just never seems to to stop? Yeah, I mean, I think Johnson is quite enjoying um, just provoking Sunak and just still being in the game. It's really important for Boris Johnson to still be in the game and to still be talked about. And this is yet another means he has found of doing that. Sunak's going to be doing a couple of things to shift attention. So first, a speech in Kent today. What is he going to say? Well, he is going to say that fewer Albanians are coming over on small boats, which for the government is a bit of a win. It's true. He says that the deterrent strategy is therefore working. They've also launched a big advertising campaign in Albania to try to deter people from coming. However, it is, as you might expect, actually more complicated than that. The fact is that small boat migrant numbers are not overall falling substantially. And since Albanians made up quite a large proportion of those last year, that means that other people, people coming often from war zones and more complex cases, in other words, to deal with and to process, are actually going up. And Robert Jenrick, when he was talking yesterday to the BBC, said that only hundreds of Albanians who've actually arrived already have been removed, which is not exactly a win. So this is a really key policy for Sunak. He has made it a key policy for himself. It's one of his five key targets for the end of the year. And he is not really making any progress on it. And the public know that his popularity ratings have actually sunk quite a bit since the local elections. He's also off to go and meet Joe Biden this week. What will that pair discuss? Well, there won't be a free trade agreement post-Brexit, which of course was one of the things that uh, they were hoping for and which uh, Liz Truss was certainly always keen on. There's no massive talking point here, although obviously they'll discuss Ukraine and those kinds of things. According to reports today, he does, though, want to discuss with um, uh, with the US the idea of the UK being a global centre for AI regulation and thinking, basically. He would like it to be a hub between the US's more free market, freewheeling approach and the EU's stricter approach to potentially to AI regulation. He thinks that the UK in a sort of classic transatlantic way can sit in the middle and help make those work together. So we'll see if that happens. He also apparently is after a top NATO job for Ben Wallace, his defence secretary, who is one of the more competent members of the government and may well, of course, be out of a job from next year. So it would be very nice if he could be given a, a big job in NATO. And of course, it would help to increase UK influence in NATO. There's also the more tricky question, which he isn't talking so much about because it's awkward. UK firms want American investment, but there's a big package called the Inflation Reduction Act in the US at the moment, which is very much green focused and which is giving companies lots of tax breaks to set up there. The EU has its own similar package, the EU Green Deal, which also tries to make it more attractive for investment to go into Europe 
green things. So the UK hasn't got these things. We don't have a big package like this. We just have a few hundred thousand here and there, and it's not a consistent strategy. So he is fighting for the UK to still be in the game when it comes to foreign investment. Is it all just a little bit desperate or delusional, do you think? Is really going to see Joe Biden and Joe Biden want to meet Sunak just kind of good manners at the moment? You know, will we get nothing more than whatever America maybe fancies giving us? And that's about it. Well, I think we can try and aim for some small wins, but it's certainly not, you know, the kind of high level summits that, for example, Tony Blair and George Bush used to enjoy together. Nonetheless, it's good optics for Sunak. It makes him look like a world leader. It makes him look like he's at the centre of things. It um, also with his backbenchers, they're always happier to see him hanging out in America than they are with European leaders. And there will no doubt be a statement of some kind on Ukraine. So, yeah, it's all it's all about the optics, really. So while the Tories are obviously just kind of dragging this government along at the moment, uh, the next government is hopefully going to be Labour, let's not jinx it. But Labour seems to have its fair share of infighting at the moment, too. Uh, what is going on with Jamie Driscoll? So Jamie Driscoll is a mayor in the North East who has been barred by Labour Central Office from running for the new North East mayoralty, which would be for a bigger area. Now, the reason he's been barred is because he appeared on stage with Ken Loach, the film director, who was actually expelled from the party in 2021 over anti-Semitism. We know how strongly Starmer feels about anti-Semitism. We know how ardent he has been about trying to root it out. And so that decision by Driscoll was perhaps ill-advised, to say the least. And in fact, there have been quite a few Tory politicians who have um, jumped on the bandwagon and uh, criticised Starmer for this, saying that, you know, Driscoll's a nice guy and they can work from him and it's totally unfair. And to a certain extent, that's just stirring the, the pot. I mean, they... There's also the issue that Driscoll is on the Corbynista wing of the party, but that probably is less important to Starmer than the fact that he was hanging out with Ken Loach. Is Starmer just going to, to try and ignore this uproar completely, like he has most of the the left-wing backlash he seems to have got in cases like this? And is that viable in the long run for him? Well, it certainly seems to have been viable so far. I don't think it will ultimately do him much harm. We know where the centre of power in the party lies now. His big aim today is to focus on energy. He's visiting a nuclear power station and he is also trying to fight off allegations from a couple of the big union funders of Labour that jobs will be lost in the North Sea because the, the Labour has said they want to stop new drilling in the North Sea. Labour has been keen to point out that they're not actually stopping drilling completely. They're just stopping new drilling. So people who are already have jobs on, in the North Sea won't lose them. But the unions are quite nervous about it. And of course, they are raising the spectre of the 1980s when the coal mining industry was decimated in the UK. And that kind of thing could resonate with some people in the Labour Party. With Parliament back this week, what should we be looking out for there? There's not a lot going on in Parliament this week. Uh, the Lords are looking at the illegal migration bill in committee stage, and they will be probably tearing that apart. There's new draft rules due out this week on whether to exclude MPs who are thought to pose a risk to others. 
And the question is whether that includes those accused of sexual offences. As we know, a large number of MPs are accused of sexual offences. So it will be interesting to see what they make of that. There's a small bill, the British Nationality Bill, which is a sort of clear up, it clarifies the status of children of EU migrants, some of whom were deprived of British citizenship. So it's a good thing that that's happening. And on Tuesday, there's a committee session on assisted dying with some evidence from abroad, which could be quite interesting. PMQs is Angela Rayner and Oliver Dowden because Sunak is in the US. Finally, on domestic news, uh, Prince Harry is going to have a day in court. What do you what do we expect to see there? Quite possibly more than a day in court. He's clearly very, very driven and absolutely determined to make the case against the newspapers that he accuses of having hacked his phone. And he is determined to take the stand on this. This is actually the first time since the 19th century that a royal has been in the witness box. That's how anxious they are to avoid getting embroiled in this kind of thing. And It won't be a kind of nice, polite interview of the kind that they negotiate in advance with the BBC or, you know, in the case of Prince Andrew, not so nice and polite, but it it, it will be quite no holds barred. And he may be asked about all kinds of things, which he may or may not be willing to talk about, including his relationships and how the royal family uh, have treated the press in the past and the agreements, informal agreements often they have with them. So there's a bit of a question about how this will go down with the public. Anthony Seldon, the venerable Anthony Seldon, says this is a thoroughly bad idea and there's no way that a royal should ever go into the witness box in this way. But there is a feeling that younger people will sympathise with him. Certainly, most of the papers will be very damning of whatever he says, but that's for very obvious reasons. And uh, I wouldn't advise you to go to the um, newspapers to get the best impression of what he may or may not have said this week. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. On to world news now. The horrific train crash in India dominated international news coverage over the weekend. What is the latest with that and what investigations are being made? The latest with that is that the railway minister wants a police probe into the crash. Now, this could be kicking the issue you know, down the road because a police probe will often take a long time. But it should also be noted that it's helpful sometimes to blame an individual or individuals rather than systemic failures when it comes to big disasters like train crashes. And certainly, Narendra Modi will be anxious not to give any impression that the state of India's railways might be in any way to blame for what happened. He will, I should think, if possible, want to pin it on an individual. So we should keep that in mind. The ruling party in India, the BJP, has already urged people not to politicise the crash. But, you know, how can you how can you not politicise a disaster like this? It does open up all kinds of questions. I'm sure the BJP would not rather not open. 
Turning to Ukraine, what is the latest on the potential counteroffensive that Zelensky has been speaking about? Well, the BBC reports this morning that Russia claims there was a counteroffensive over the weekend and that they have thwarted that offensive and killed 250 Ukrainian soldiers. We may well need to take that with a pinch of salt. There's so much disinformation rattling around, it's really hard to know what is actually going on. And we don't have independent confirmation, and certainly Ukraine have denied that. So it's not really clear, as I say, whether the counteroffensive has already begun, but certainly if it hasn't already, it will do soon. And there are good reasons for that. Zelensky doesn't want to wait much longer before trying to show that the Ukrainians can push back the Russians out of Ukrainian territory. He is especially worried about indications that Donald Trump could get the Republican nomination for the next year's presidential elections and win the election because Trump has claimed that he intends to end the Russia-Ukraine war in a day uh, through unspecified means, but he's just going to stop them killing each other in a day. But what is clear is that he's going to be much more reluctant to send arms and support than Joe Biden has been. And it may well be that another Republican candidate might also be reluctant. DeSantis has been very wobbly on the issue. So if there is a Trump resurgence, then Ukraine will be in trouble. And so that means potentially they don't have much longer to fight back. Now, finally, China appears to be drilling a portal to, to hell, it would look like to me from uh, initial reports. What is going on there and why, why are they possibly doing this when we've not exactly had a series of good news omens over the past few years? It just doesn't look very well advised to me. China is drilling a hole 11,000 metres deep. That's 11 kilometres, so pretty, pretty damn deep in quite an oil-rich area. It's not entirely clear why. I mean, they say it's for study purposes, but then they would, wouldn't they? I mean, it's one of those things, if you're going to dig a big hole, you've got to have a reason. Um, And it may well be that they think there might be oil deeper down. We're not quite sure exactly what is going on. But this is not the deepest hole ever. Um, The deepest hole ever was actually a bit deeper than this and was drilled by Russia in 1989. But it does testify to how keen regimes can be on just trying to (laughs) to perform impressive feats of engineering, perhaps without a particular aim in mind, but just because it, um, it, it does look very, very impressive. I must admit, I mean, portals of hell, I, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to imagine what is down there. I understand it's some sort of Cretaceous yeah. rock, but it will have been clearly totally undisturbed for millions at least of years. And what, it, what it's actually like down there, goodness knows. It feels to me like a sort of really uh, sort of not sure what to do with themselves bloke who has gone to look at the Guinness World Book of Records and find one that he thinks is really attainable, but on a on an international level. That's what they're doing. It's just sort of like a uh, a desperate last ditch attempt to impress people for for no apparent reason. I uh, I'll be curious to see what they find at least. Yeah, it's not exactly sending a, a person into space, is it? I mean, you have to say the optics of, of drilling a hole are not great. I, I never understand why they're that that into it. No. <laughs> Ros, thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you.
Listeners, whilst I've got your attention, there is also big Podmasters news this week. We're launching a new show called Papercuts, hosted by Miranda Sawyer and featuring a smorgasbord of comedians and commentators. The show tears apart the eccentricities of the British media from wars on woke to wars against seagulls. The first episode is out this Monday, June 5th, so go take a listen and they'll read the papers so you don't have to. And if you enjoyed Start Your Week, remember you can back the bunker on Patreon to help us keep making it. For £3 a month, you'll get episodes early and ad-free, as well as a shout-out on this show. Here's Roz with today's. Ian Mackay-Dahl, David Cottam and Philip King. Thanks so much to all of you. That's Start Your Week. Come back tomorrow for another episode of The Bunker. Hello, I'm Roz Taylor with news of Oh God, What Now? The politics podcast that's never going to leave its voter ID at home. On Friday's show, it's six months until the US election and Donald Trump is stuck sitting on trial in a New York courthouse. Is he bulletproof or can Joe Biden turn around the polls? In the second half, it's local elections week, but we've steadily taken power away from local authorities. What if we gave it back? And in the extra bit for supporters, is there a right level of ruthlessness in politics? That's Oh God, What Now? with me, Ross Taylor, Raphael Baer, Hannah Fern, guest Nikki McCann-Ramirez, out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Start Your Week from the Bunker was written and presented by Jacob Jarvis and Ros Taylor. The producers were Kasia Tomashevich and Liam Tate, with audio production by me, Jade Bailey. The managing editor is Jacob Jarvis, and the group editor is Andrew Harrison, with music by Kenny Dickinson. Start Your Week from the Bunker is a Podmasters production.